Good evening. The presenting sponsor of 30 and Nerdy Podcast is Advertising Expressions. Advertising Expressions exists to promote your business, school, church, or even your podcast, just like they do for the quite fine show, 30 and Nerdy. They promote such organizations by getting their name in front of as many as possible, as often as possible, for as long as possible. So whether you advertise on your rear window, or wear a shirt so that strangers on a train know where you work, be sure that advertising expressions can help you. After all, I confess that their service is absolutely murder. Contact them today and tell them 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you to see what deals are in store. nerds welcome to another episode of the 30 and nerdy podcast i am the sweet tea of the nerdy south the duke of nerds see that's that's my that's my name man the duke (laughs) so that's what you call me i mean you could call me duker or his dukeness or el dukerino if you don't you know like the whole brevity thing, but I'm the Duke of Nerds, and I'm joined by my co-host, the the Juice is Loose again, and he wasn't on the last episode. I'm very happy to have him back on this episode. Yeah. It is the Doctor of Nerdonomics, the Podfather of Thirty and Nerdy, Josh Davis. Wow. Yes. That was really something. Yes, it was something. <laughs> Don't know what, but it I was. I watched up. the Big Lebowski this week. So. Oh, I see. I'm in. I'm in dude form. Dude. And we are. Uh, we're trying something new. Yeah. We are sitting by the pool after a fun day of swimming. Us and your wife Becky and daughter Emma came over. Sure, sure. And we just chillaxed. Yeah. Because we've had a tough day, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. On set. Oh. You know. We were on set today. Not everyone can handle this lifestyle. It is. It's, it's such a difficult lifestyle. For those of you who don't know what set is, okay, <laughs> we were, we did a thing uh, for the Knoxville Film Fest, and we got to play in this really cool script with a fantastic director, Nick Crockett. This was your first time working with him. It was. Uh, yeah. We got to play younger versions of the the main characters. Sure. And it's a very mafioso style film. Yeah, it's different. Very departed, very uh, Goodfellas, if you will. Which it was it was it was interesting. It was I'd never done that genre and I I really honestly enjoy that genre. It's it's actually one of my favorite um, 
genres to watch. Some, some people refer to me as the Ray Liotta of, of, of uh, Knoxville Film Festival yeah. uh, submissions. I like that. The Ray Liotta <laughs> of the Knoxville Film Fest, Dr. Davis. Yeah. Uh, well, if you're the Ray Liotta, then I would definitely either be the De Niro or the Pesci of this duo. Yeah. Probably Pesci, because I talk far more. De Niro is a tough one to live up yeah. to, so we'll reserve that well, one. Well, I, I could, and I don't mind being Pesci because I, you know, I just, I just talk, I just walk around and talk really high pitch, you know? Yeah. I'll be like Joe Pesci. Uh, so, as we said, we're doing something cool. We had a yeah. fun little day this morning. We we filmed our scenes, a lot of takes mm-hmm. of doing the same stuff over and over. And it was our, was this your first time with fake cigarettes? Um, I had, I actually, I think it was. I've done a couple of fake cigar things on stage, yeah. but yeah, we had these herbal they were cigarettes. Awful. They were made out of marshmallows and rose petals and clo- red red clover, clove, something like that. But I mean, Ugh. it was basically three ingredients. Marshmallow was really stunning to me, but these they did not taste like no. It was they pretty tasted awful. More like clover or fl- rose petals. It tasted like butt. It did. To be honest, I've not tasted butt. Well, but they taste what I assume butt <laughs> would like. taste like. Um, it was fun. I, I look forward to getting to share it. Uh, it'll be uh, what, mid-September mm-hmm. is when the film fest is. So Nick has obviously gotten a, a jump on things. There's a lot that goes into making a film. Yeah, and our our part was like a page in the yes. script and it still took a, all day long just to yeah. get the right angles and, and all well, that stuff. You, you, we had talked this morning when he said, because we both, the only time you'll ever see us touch our hair or beard is for the arts in some form or fashion, uh, uh, to be honest. Um, I had to trim the beard for the play but then Nick was like, I want it gone for this role. Because mm-hmm. the era that our characters took place in was more early 60s, late 50s. Yeah. So beards were not popular then. If you had a beard at that era, you were poor. You yeah. were, you know, scum. Especially not. Like, we are playing pretty young guys. Yeah. So Yeah. Beards were more for, like, the, the hippie, like, oh, man, you know. <laughs> uh, to where nowadays, if you beard if you don't have a beard you're looked at as more of like why don't you have a beard you must not be able to grow one because yeah. beards are in yeah um so we you said you hadn't seen your chin in four years almost four years oh that's insane yeah uh i i i, I told you that there are a few things that i hate more than having to shave down to baby face Root canal is like <laughs> neck and neck with it. Like neck and neck with it. Sometimes I think I'd rather have a root canal. Going to the DMV. <laughs> that's up there. Stubbing my toe. <laughs> Stepping on Lego. <laughs> but Shaving just, my beard. It just sucks because the McDaniel guys, no one was not given the McDaniel face. He has the French face. You know, more defined jawline, skinnier face. Sure. Lucky guy. I have the McDaniel cheeks that my older brother, my grandfather, my dad, my uncle, they all were quote-unquote blessed with. So I just have these fat cheeks, and the beard hides it better. And I remember buzzing it yesterday morning. I was like, this 
truly sucks. A sad day, to be sure. It was, and when we got there this morning, he was like, mm, now I see a shadow, so can you go back home and shave, <laughs> shave it again? again. Uh, so we were talking about, you were like, I don't think this will take six hours. There's it's just one page of dialogue, really, or a page and a half of dialogue, really, in this flashback scene. But it took about five hours. Pretty close to it. Pretty yeah. close to and it. And that's without a big break. Take, or anything, and then yeah. over here. Setting up. Yeah, and then do it. Okay, let's do the line with two or three takes from this angle as a wide shot. And then we'll come over your shoulder and we'll do three or four takes. Yeah. And then we'll switch it to the over his shoulder. And So it's really a cool experience. Next next time we'll uh, we'll wait in our trailers while they yes. adjust the cameras and whatnot. Instead of in the heat. Yeah. Ugh. We should have done trailers for this. But I can't remember the last time that we got to like spend the whole day together. Oh. You know. So it's been I a can't f- either. It's been a fun day. It has. So we decided to relax and relax by the pool afterwards and let's take a second for our listeners to just take all this in. Listen yes. to the the birds are chirping. The, this lovely ambiance we have yes. here for here for the show today. It so. is our last episode of June. Summer is officially here. We're going to be spending a lot of time by this pool. Yeah. Um, because Lord knows we need it. After you coming off of COVID teaching and uh, me working in a tourist town <laughs> of Pigeon Forge, uh, it's just great to get to just relax. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. We're sitting by the pool. He's got his Coke Zero. I have a Sprite. We're trying to be healthier in our older age. You've been doing yoga. Yeah. I've been eating smaller portions and drinking more water and taking B12 gummies, which really I'm down to one cup of coffee a day, Mm -hmm. which I was told with all the foot stuff before, uh, and this is going to sound terrible, but gout has also set in. So before we can get to the surgical aspect, the gout has to clear up. So a way to get that done is you get on a medication and you have to cut out. You have to go on a gout diet. Which a gout diet is no caffeine, coffee, uh, no fried foods, no intense sauces, as it says. And an intense sauce is anything from barbecue to buffalo to mustard. So none of that. Um, Sodas, like dark sodas, bourbon, um, pretty much all the good things. Red wines, anything dark and rich. I'd rather shave off all my facial hair than do all that. (laughs) So I have to get that portion taken care of before I can then set up surgery times. So, it's been an experience, but I do feel good because the energy I'm getting is less coffee energy and more B12 and vitamin D3 and vitamin C and stuff like that. So, I do feel good. Yeah. But, I sometimes think, is it really worth it? Because right now, I'm still chock full of cortisone in my foot. Mm -hmm. That shot will last a couple of months. So I'm saying right now, is it really worth it? The foot feels good. Do I really want to give up fried foods and intense sauces? Um, <laughs> but then when that first pain comes back, I'll be like, very worth it. Very worth it. So it's just nice to relax and yeah. and just get to do this. And this ambiance is cool. Now, we may stop, have to stop, because 
we are from Morristown, Tennessee, where people like their big trucks and revving them and looking and sounding cool, which they actually and aren't you, cool. And you live in like one of the busiest parts of town here. Yes. There's a four-way stop. There's yes. a train track here. There's a PALS. So <laughs> a PALS. Most of you listeners aren't going to know what PALS are because they're in like this set area of East Tennessee. Yeah. Like Knoxville has two. Then there's one in Jeff City and two in Morristown. And one in Johnson City, and that's uh, there's one in, it. there's one in Kingsport. Kingsport, yes, and that's it. Yeah, just this little linear area yeah. has pals. So like, think of the rest of the country not knowing what pals is. You know, how, like some people will make special trips to Chick Fil A, no matter how far away or it is. White Castle or White Castle, Harold and Kumar talking to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like that, but with pals. Yes, but luckily I have been cursed and blessed with one. Within walking distance oh, yeah. now, not far. So yeah, it's it's cool. It's, I think I think we should do more of these. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. So <laughs> last week, uh, you you had a sick baby at home. Yeah, I did. You had a sick child, and you were taking care of her. I was joined by Paige from Reverie True Crime Podcast, and we counted down ten of our top favorite female superheroes. Yeah. Uh, did you get to listen? I did. I thought it was wonderful. I thought Paige did a great job, as did you, but uh, it was so nice to have Paige on the show. And, you know, it made me sad. She talked about that people give her a hard time about her accent. I mm-hmm. thought her uh, her accent is just lovely. Mm-hmm. She's lovely. So, she you is. know, uh, anybody has anything bad to say about Paige, they can go through yeah. me first. Yeah, because what you guys don't know is since he shaved, there's an extra fist on his chest. Just like Chuck Norris, <laughs> baby. Pow, pow. <laughs> So thank you again, Paige, for joining. Uh, and thanks for those it. really obscure picks that she... I love That was really interesting. You could tell she did her research. Oh, yeah. She found, like, she truly likes these characters yeah. that she has researched and found. She isn't just like, well, what's everybody know? Mm-hmm. I just want to do what everybody knows. That was... That would have been easy. Yeah. You can tell she's a studier. Yeah. I love that, and and it was a great list that she had, and and that you, we had fairly similar lists. We you did. and I did, uh, but I liked that she chose some obscure picks, so mm-hmm. that was fun. And um, I, I loved her list, and I can tell she values characters that have a lot of intelligence mm-hmm. and a lot of mind power that they work with. So yes. I like that because I'm the same way, um, and, and I'm not even mad at you for putting <laughs> Jean Grey at like number seven or whatever it was. So yeah, it was a, it was a great show. It was, it was, but. Uh, so we're back and we're going to again be talking about Loki. Of course. And uh, we have had episode three. We've got three episodes left. A lot's going to have to get done in those three episodes. Yeah. Um, so we will get to talking about that a little later. And we're also celebrating two special occasions for the month of June. It is the 30th anniversary of Sonic the Hedgehog mm-hmm. this month. And the 25th anniversary of Mario 64. Yeah. A classic, classic game. Even more so than Sonic for me, because I didn't play. I didn't have a Sega, so. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I played Sonic before Mario, of course, but uh, the Mario one holds a little more of a special place in my yes. heart. But we'll get to all that. Yes, we're going to talk a lot about that and nerd news and a new nerd vocabulary word and all of that. DJ Mike Cowie, take us to the show. Nerd! 
It's time to nerd up or shut up. Let's get dangerous. Welcome to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast, the flagship show of Bad Cash Company Productions. Thirty and Nerdy Podcast is an alternate reality radio show, a member of the Legion of Independent Podcasts, and part of the Council of Nerds. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Reach out using the hashtag 30andNerdyPod. You can also find us and other amazing podcasts at podchaser.com by searching The Apocalypse and Pod Nation. Got something to say? Email us at 30andNerdyPod at gmail.com or check out the website at 30andNerdyPodcast.com. Now, sit back, crank it to 11, the nerds are here. So, how did you like leaving Iowa? You came and saw the show Sunday. Yeah, I saw your show. It was pretty great. Good. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It Good. was so, it, it was, I want to, the word that comes to mind is like unusual. It was weird. It was bizarre to like be in a room full of people <laughs> seeing a show really not a lot of masks anymore lots of people are getting vaxxed mm-hmm. up uh which is great uh but yeah it kind of felt like dare i say normal it did feel like normal. coming to see one of your shows and everything and and i come to all your shows and uh saw the last performance of this this was really one of the one of the biggest roles that you've you've ever done yes. Yes. uh you did a great job it was it was it was great thank you yeah thank you it was a lot of fun bouncing in and out of kid to adult kid yeah to adult and it was it uh it was a lot of fun using some of tyler to bring don to life mm-hmm. because there were a lot of parallels between me and don whether it was admittingly being an annoying kid about vacations at that age the same age that don kid don is i too was kind of a jerk about going places that i didn't want to go all the time like I sunburn easily, and we're a beach-going family. So as a kid, I complained a lot. And just some parallels that I kind of had to admit to myself, like, you know what, it's okay to have the same negatives as Don because, you know, it's part of growth. Um, so I, I, it was a lot of fun. that We had 80, almost 90 people in this audience, and, you know, after the year we've had and after all the sadness to, to get out there and – Yes, it was an emotional last show, and it takes that emotional turn at the end with the the trip that I take with my dad's ashes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's emotional, but just standing on stage, man, seeing a full house. Yeah. That was a big deal for you. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, you can't put into words how, how good it is to be back on stage. Yeah. You just... I can't. I can't yeah. put into words. There's really nothing like it, and, you know, I don't, I don't do that so much anymore, but it's one of those things that you know if if it's the right show and the right moment and you've got the right audience and that bug bites you it never really goes away it's true so that's true so 
I thought of a, a, a nerd vocabulary word oh, for the week. Oh, I'm so glad. I know you love this. Thing. I do. Nerdmenclature. <laughs> Obviously, based off of the word binomial n- nomenclature. I can't even say it normal now because I'm thinking nerdmenclature. <laughs> so nerdmenclature is the set of terms used by nerds in order to communicate with one another. Oh. Nerdmenclature is important when communicating with a nerd. If you use the wrong nerdmenclature around a nerd, especially a strict nerd, dare I say it, a nerd Nazi, mm-hmm. you will be called out for it. Yeah. For instance, there have been times where my mom is... You know, she's a fan of superheroes, like Wonder Woman's her favorite. She loves Batman, she loves Superman, but she also loves Spider-Man and Wolverine. There are times where we are planning our family Halloween costumes, and she's already ordering some of them, and we are doing a DC Halloween. So, like, Colton and Bryson are Batman and Robin, and then we're kind of bouncing off of that, DC heroes. She's going to be Wonder Woman, and Peyton's going to be Supergirl. And she's like, you know, it's like uh, somebody could be Wolverine. And I just went, mm, no, you no, don't do that. Mom, we don't mix. That's Marvel. Oh, yeah, it is. Who's DC? Well, okay, so Batman and all of his bad guys. Okay, Superman and all of his bad guys. Wonder Woman and all of her. And so she uses the wrong nerdmenclature sometimes, but I don't take offense. Are to you going to be stuck being Aquaman? <laughs> I got a lot of the... Yes, I'm going to be Momoa's Aquaman. Okay, we'll get to the gym, I've got to get to the gym. So, uh, a couple of people have sent me TikToks. Dre, thank, for your, thank you for yours, uh, using a nerd deterred. He <laughs> sent me a TikTok using nerd deterred. Uh, so, there's the, the new word for the week. Get on TikTok, use it, send it to the podcast, we'll share it. Uh, nerdmenclature. Those are the set of terms used by nerds to communicate with each other. And now you know. For instance, like, <laughs> um, if someone said, do you remember when Harry Potter took the ring oh. to the Millennium Falcon? <laughs> like, if someone were to say that to you, you'd be like, there's so much wrong. You'd have a nerd explosion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's still your favorite one. That's my number one. <laughs> nerd explosion. <laughs> so, with that, let's get to some nerdly news. Yeah. This is the nerdy news. This is the nerdy news. This is the nerdy news. All right, welcome to the nerdly news. We got quite a bit to talk about, but we're going to get through it quickly to get to the segments that we were excited to talk about today. Josh. Start us off. All right, so WWE has released 14 more superstars from the roster uh, this past week. And I want to do my best because not only do I not know a lot of these superstars, uh, I don't know if I can pronounce their names, uh, but Killian Dane, uh, I know him from, he was a member of the Insanity mm-hmm. uh, stable for a while, big part of NXT. Uh, he's gone. The Bollywood Boys, they used to hang out with, um, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. He just came Jinder back. Mahal. He just came back. Jinder Mahal. Uh, Fandango <gasps> and Tyler Breeze. That's a which sad is a one shame. for me because we loved Fandango yeah, when he came out. Uh, I know they've been in NXT for a while, yeah. but they were on SmackDown a couple years ago, and they had these really funny segments called the Fashion Files. Yes. 
And if you've been like a lifelong wrestling fan, there's all sorts of little jokes and, and Easter eggs in, in yes. the, those skits that you can find. But yeah, so sad to see them go. Now some, some of the names I know a little bit less. Ever Rise. The group. Ever hyphen Rise. Mm -hmm. Okay, never heard of them. Uh, Arya Davari. I have heard that name before. Tony Nice, I know that one. He was on uh, 205 Live yes. for a while. Yes. Tino Sabatelli, uh, Marina Schiffer, August Gray, Arturo Ruaz, and Kurt Stallion. All those names have been released. And some of them have even been involved in storylines as recent <laughs> as last week. I, I don't get that. Like, because we're live. We're back to being live. Yeah. That's not pre-recorded. And... So, like, you just got off of a week of tour of, like, doing these live shows, and it's like, oh, hey, by the way, good luck on your future endeavors. Well, Jim Ross always says, plans change. They do. Plans change. It's just it's just crazy because we were also talking off air that this year's releases have been more than we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. I mean, the past year of WWE releases, it does make you think, like, are they making room for going out and searching for... Yeah, talent. we usually get one big batch a year, a little after WrestleMania, sometimes maybe one in the fall, I guess, mm -hmm. or something like that, a couple batches a year. But, uh, yeah, this has been like every couple weeks we see yeah. a few more names it's, added it's, to the list. It's, I'm sure Tony Khan's asked the daddy for money, and we'll be picking up oh, some of those names. Could be. Because that's what he does. I mean, I would definitely want to get Fandango and Tyler Breeze. Yeah, but, definitely uh, Killian Dane, too, I would imagine. Sure. So moving on, Warner Bros. and New Line's upcoming Black Adam movie will see members of the Justice Society of America take the screen alongside Dwayne The Rock Johnson's antihero, Black Adam, including the long-awaited debut of Dr. Fate himself, played by former Bond, Pierce Brosnan. With production underway, Brosnan has provided some insight into how the character will be realized on screen, stating that he has been wearing a mocap suit for the role. He even said, I do have to put on a mocap suit, which is an acting challenge in itself, as he was interviewed by People Magazine. Luckily, though, I was brought up in the theater, so I know how to get into tights. Well, I do too, Pierce Brosnan. Not only that, but like, can you? Th what's been the most awkward, uncomfortable costume you've ever worn on stage? Camelot. Really? Tights. Oh, really? The tights in wow. Camelot was, was awkward. And for a while, I was in that scene in Camelot where uh, Nimue takes away, freezes Merlin. Okay. Remember when all the yeah. well-built guys are in the butt flaps? Yeah. I was in that scene until I went to Malloy and said, I feel really uncomfortable being in nothing but a butt flap. Yeah. I just, at that time, I was 190 pounds. Like, I'm 230 now. I couldn't imagine what I'd feel like now. But even then, I was like, I just am not ready for this i did spam a lot a few years oh. ago and uh, yeah. i played well i played lance a lot which if you know you know but <laughs> i also played tim the enchanter and the robe that i had to wear because that character is supposed to fly mm -hmm. so his robes hang down really far mm -hmm. we didn't have the flying capabilities for this production so i had to just drag that thing up the steps with me <laughs> it was very uncomfortable so, point being, what Pierce Brosnan is saying about you know being in the theater, you learn to adapt. You it's do. Very true. You do. So. Very true. Yeah. All right. So the next bit of news, not nerdy in our sense, no. but 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 Worth still nerdy uh, and very interesting. And I hadn't heard this. The National Geographic Society has named the Southern Ocean the planet's fifth ocean. 
The Southern Ocean is the water that surrounds Antarctica. This fifth ocean joins the Atlantic, Pacific, Indian, and Arctic Oceans as an official World Ocean. The news was released recently on World's Ocean Day. A fifth ocean. Yeah, congrats so to you, Southern time, Ocean. In our time, we have seen a terrible terrorist attack. Mm -hmm. We have seen a global pandemic and mm -hmm. deaths that we never thought we'd see. And a new ocean. History history books will be talking about times our kids will be taking history lessons about stuff we lived through yeah. and like thinking about going back to like when we were in history classes that our grandparents and great-grandparents lived through like we'll be able to say well i remember when there was only four oceans in the world <laughs> now, i remember when pluto was a planet <laughs> now you take this pop <laughs> and go buy yourself a, a spaceship, spaceship. <laughs> All right, so the Halo TV series will be losing both of its showrunners, Variety reports, with Kyle Killen having already departed the project and Stephen Kane planning to depart once the series is finished. Killen departed the project last year ahead of production, reportedly because he felt he was unable to work on the series full-time. Kane, who joined the production in 2019, plans to stick around to finish the work on season one. However, if the show is picked up for a second season, which is very likely, he will leave. It is reported that Kane wishes to return to the U.S. after spending two years in Budapest to film the series. Ah, losing two showrunners and you haven't even debuted. Even started. Ugh. Not, not a good this, omen. And, and this title, aside from video games, this title has been cursed in other media. I mean, remember the Peter Jackson... Green lit, red lit, green lit, red lit film he I was do. supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, and then ago. Netflix was going to do something, and then they didn't. And then, so it's like, oh my God, maybe we should just stop. <laughs> like, Halo might just be meant for video games. And plus, you're already pushing the, the envelope with video games to other entertainment has had some success in the past couple of years. Sonic. But... You're really more often than not, it doesn't yeah, work out. It that just way. doesn't work out. So, hopefully, Halo will still be good. Zack Snyder's Justice League is getting an official U.S. release on Blu-ray, 4K, and DVD on September 7th. You can still currently import a copy from the U.K., but if you've been waiting for a Blu-ray copy specifically, this is great news, and I will be purchasing that. Absolutely, it still baffles me that they're willing to do this, but not keep it like they want to make this money warner brothers does yeah they want to release a dvd to the to the u.s but we want the money but we want the money on our terms <laughs> <laughs> moving on a new report from bbc news has revealed that copies of triple a games like grand theft auto nba 2k and pro evolution soccer are being offered for free wow. these games however are infected with potentially devastating malware that allows hackers to infect your computer and access personal details. According to the report, once downloaded, these games are use a form of malware known as Krakenosh to create digital currency. Apparently, criminals have already successfully harvested more than $2 million in cryptocurrency known as Monero. Monero is a cryptocurrency used regularly by criminals due to the fact that it is harder to trace than others such as Bitcoin. So if oh. you are out there in your gaming system and you see these free offers for those games, don't download them because chances are 
it's a hacker trying to get into your system. Yeah. Grand Mo Theft Auto. Ugh. Most things that are for free are, are, <laughs> are not really free. You get what you pay for. <laughs> You'll be excited for this news. DC went on a film announcing spree a few years ago, and while some of those films have come to pass, others are in development limbo. Unfortunately, the Nightwing film resides there too. That's very sad. However, director Chris McKay says it will not be there much longer. Not so sad. Great. The director of Tomorrow War and Lego Batman sat down with the Bear Cave to talk a little bit about the movie's time in Limbo and the script. He talked a little bit about when it will come out of Limbo and Batman's possible involvement in the film. You can go to the Bear Cave site to see the full interview, but it looks like some good news out of DC for Nightwing fans, of which I am <laughs> one. So, very much looking forward to that. Who uh, who would you like to see? Oh man, I knew you were going to ask me Dick that. Dick Grayson. I don't know. I feel like we've talked about this like in a season one episode when we were talking about our favorite could superheroes. Be, could be. Um, I, I just I, I've I've removed myself so much recently from Dreamcasting. But I think there's some good people out there that we are unheard of. I just don't know young actors. You know? Yeah, I understand that. Um, I, I don't see it like the typical answer for like any kind of young, like good-looking, heroic, whatever. It's like, oh, Zach Efron, yeah. Zach Efron. I don't see Zach Efron as a Nightwing, no. really. But uh, I would like to see Shia LaBeouf as a Jason Todd. Yeah. Red Hood. Yeah. But Dick Grayson, I couldn't tell you. I have no idea. The guy in Titans is doing a fantastic job. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind him. if they connected. Well, I thought he to... was. Is it just me or was he a little scrawny though? He is a little small. Yeah, he is a little small. I mean, the Nightwing we're we're used to in the comics uh, is is up up top, pretty yeah. full chest. Sort of like like Bruce. He's yeah. got the the broad, yeah. you know, torso. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited. Are though. there any? Any wrestlers that... Oh, God. Uh, John Cena is so, Nightwing. Well, but, but we want to see... see we, we need to see Nightwing, though. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I try not to think too much about the wrestling world coming into Hollywood too oh, much. Aside from The Miz is Johnny Cage. I think he'd be fantastic. Oh, yeah. That's a That's, a that's one that I'm, I am leaning heavily towards. Let us know who you think should be Nightwing. Hashtag 30NerdyPod on Twitter. Moving on, the second trailer for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings made its triumphant debut this past week and left Marvel fans with quite a lot to be excited about. That was true down to the final seconds of the trailer, which provided a look at a cage match tournament that appears to be a centerpiece of the film. As if the concept of the sequence wasn't cool enough, the two figures that were shown in the tournament took things to a whole other level. Abomination... Hulk's villain, played by Tim Roth, can be seen going one-on-one -on -one with Doctor Strange's friend and favorite librarian, Wong, played by Benedict Wong. One of the many speculations coming from this segment is, what timeline does this movie actually take place? Could this possibly take place in the five years? During the snap. Could it? Right? Uh, yeah. Well, I don't think Wong disappeared in the snap. I think he stayed... I think it was kind of answered that he wasn't gone in the snap so could this be like a hey you know there's no rules really so cage match amongst metahumans yeah i don't know i haven't seen this trailer yet it, it looks it got me a little more excited 
than the initial teaser. I heard a little talk about uh, poss- possibly uh, Fin Fang Foom. It being looks in like it. I'm underwater. Yeah, that'll be interesting. It does, it so, does yeah. look like him. Hey, I'm there. Hey, speaking of John Cena. John Cena appeared on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon on Wednesday night, where he once again confirmed he'd be back in WWE soon. The rumors of Cena returning for August SummerSlam event to take on Roman Reigns have been spreading for weeks. Cena told Jimmy that the rumors are true, but he doesn't know when. Uh, Seems to me like SummerSlam would be the obvious choice. we're building a monster heel. And you were telling me earlier he's taken out DB, Mm -hmm. fan favorite. He has taken out... Rey Mysterio, Rey Mysterio and his kid. Kids beloved Rey Mysterio, yeah. the Mysterio family. He's about to take out Edge again. Mm-hmm. Who else can you take out aside from Superman himself? Yeah. John Cena at SummerSlam. And then build towards him taking down the Rocket Mania. I can't believe I'm going to say this. I've sort of low key missed John Cena. I got it. I, I get it. You know? Yeah. Uh, Ten years ago, if you told me I would ever say that, I would have thought you were crazy. I used to detest uh, John Cena. Everything about him. Every single thing about him just made me crazy. But, uh, you know, he definitely is lively, and and he he gets a reaction out of you one way or the yes. other. That's for sure. And that's polarizing. What, that's what it's all about. And uh, he, he brings some excitement to the table. So I will look forward to yes. John Cena's return, at least for a short time. So Supernatural is coming back, in a way. Jensen Ackles and wife Danielle Production Company will be producing a prequel series titled The Winchesters. Both took to social media this past week announcing the game-changing news. We look forward to beginning the journey with these beloved characters given to us by the one and only Mr. Kripke. We're going back to 1972. Cars, music, peace, love, and monsters. The series will reportedly follow John and Mary Winchester and will be narrated by Jensen's character of Dean Winchester. This news has the fan base very polarized. The fans have been happy, sad, mad, confused, outraged, all the feelings. Why John and Mary? Most people have said, because a lot of people hate the characters of John and Mary Winchester. Um, Where's Jared? the hate for John and Mary is pretty prominent in the Supernatural franchise, but the fan social media drama is outrageous. Uh, Jared fans attack Jensen for not telling Jared about the big announcement, and <laughs> not even asking him to be a part of it. Jensen fans then attack Jared fans in defense. Then the boys finally took to Twitter trying to calm everyone down. So this was this past week's Supernatural drama. I'm going to read out the, uh, the list of events. First off, have you heard anything about this? No. Oh. So a fan tweeted Jared the announcement, and he answered, this is the first I've heard about it. Fans then attacked Jensen. Jared tweets, hey, world, thank you for the love. Please, please don't send any hate or threats. I care deeply about everybody involved and would be in true misery if any of them were harmed or threatened. Jensen then calls Jared. Jared then tweets, Jensen and I had a great talk, as we do often, and things are good. The show is early in the process with miles to go. We've traveled a lot of roads together, and sometimes those damned roads have bumps. Bumps don't stop us. Once brothers, always brothers. Hashtag SPN family. Jensen then tweets, Love you, at Jarpad. Miss these talks. I forgot how much FaceTime we always used to get, and I miss that too. I know you're as busy as am I, but you're still my brother. I miss you, pal. So, drama. Like, 
it's insane the amount of drama that just surrounded a, hey, this is something we're doing. So instead of like realizing that this isn't happening next week, obviously. So instead of realizing that and waiting for something to, you know, come out, the fans immediately were like, this is not fair. Like, Jared's not involved and you didn't even tell him and before you guys made this announcement. And I'm torn because it is the Winchesters. And I probably, if this were us, I probably would have been like, hey, man, me and Daniil are wanting to do something. So I just wanted to let you know before you saw on social media. I would probably do that. We would probably do that with each other. But at the same time, in the heat of the moment, when you're making these decisions with your production company that Jared has nothing to do with, it's your news to tell. So part of me is like, these mostly kids stirring up drama on Twitter between the two of them need to chill. And also maybe... Jared didn't have to announce to the world that he didn't know what was going on. Yeah. That too, you know. You know, Jared didn't have to say, it was the first I've heard of it. Yeah. People are going to notice that. Yeah. So, it's insane. Wherever you stand, if you're a Supernatural fan, look, like, this thing isn't happening even three months from now. This is a step one of a very slow process. Yeah. Because, I mean, Kripke, it took Kripke years to even get the green light for Supernatural to start in 2006. He was working on this thing in 2003, in 2004. So they're in baby steps for this thing. So just chill out. Relax, man. <laughs> Good Lord. So moving on. Scarlett Johansson will produce and star in Disney's Tower of Terror movie based on its popular theme park attraction. Toy Story 4 director and Inside Out scribe Josh Cooley is currently writing the script, though plot details are being kept under wraps somewhere on the tower's top floor. (laughs) (laughs) Johansson will produce via her company these pictures alongside Jonathan Leah, and though there's no director formally attached yet, Disney will aim high, according to sources, especially since Johansson is coming off of dual Oscar nominations for her stellar work in Marriage Story and Jojo Rabbit, in addition to her high-profile turn in the much-anticipated Black Widow. I'm excited. Uh, I mean... Did you see the uh, original Tower of Terror movie? With the whole Kirsten Dunst? It used to come on every Halloween on the Disney Channel when they did those Disney original movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Disney owns Scarlet, so she might as well make that money. Well, and they own the Tower of Terror. So. <laughs> yes, and they do. And she, she, like, I know a lot of people out there are kind of like, early on were hating the casting of her as Black Widow and some people still aren't even sold on her as Black Widow. What? I think she's done a fantastic job. And if you haven't seen Marriage Story or Jojo Rabbit, fantastic performance by her. Fantastic performances by her. So, I mean, obviously she got Oscar nominations for both of them. Yeah. Um, She's doing something right. Yes. So I, I am excited about that. Very excited. So moving on, Smallville fans got an unexpected surprise when the series was part of DC and CW's Crisis on Infinite Earths, bringing Tom Welling and giving us a glimpse of what happened at the series' end. It was great to see Thomas Clark Kent again, but by the sound of things, it won't be the last outing. In a new cameo, Welling responded to a fan who loves the show, and right at the end of the message, he teased that he's working on an animated series with Michael Rosenbaum, who played... Lex Luthor in the Smallville, and voices Flash in the DC animated cartoons. 
Did you know that? Yeah, I think I did. Tom revealed that they are developing the project and hope to get as many original cast members from the show involved, but he didn't say exactly who else would be involved or where they hope it will air. I can tell you one person who won't be involved. Did you ever watch Smallville? Yeah. You know the blonde character? Oh, yeah. She's wrapped up in I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Crap. Uh, like a, with a sex, a sex cult or something. Yeah, she's a part of a sex cult. And she recently was just in the news. I didn't want to talk too much about it. Uh, where she just gave up a bunch of info to the judges. Yeah. Releasing more names to them. <laughs> so I'm sure they're like, look, we'll lessen your... If you keep giving us names. You know, Hollywood must must do really crazy wild things to people. It must. To get wrapped up in that. Gosh. I mean, and she was a child star. She was, yeah. she was in um, Honey, We... Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, or We yes. Shrunk Ourselves, or whatever. Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. Yeah, she was in that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Early details have come out from Paramount Pictures about the next film in the Transformers franchise. The title of the film has been revealed to be Transformers Rise of the Beast, and it was confirmed the new movie will incorporate the 90s fan favorite Beast Wars. Not only will this specific series be factored into the movie, the setting for the plot itself will be in the 1990s. At the presentation, series producer Lorenzo Di Bonaventure, did I say that right? Yes. Uh, he said, we originally had it set in 1994, and we were thrilled when Stephen read the script and said, I love the time period. So Bumblebee was in 1987. And then how do we move it forward and also not run into the timeline of the Bay ones? So... We had picked 94 in part because there was great music during that time period, so it just felt like a natural extension. It's exciting because I loved Beast Wars. I have uh, a few memories of it, mm-hmm. not much. Well, we know that Optimus Prime, voiced by the incomparable Peter Cullen, who has been doing Optimus for ever, tw- ever, uh, also the voice of Eeyore yeah. when we were a kid. Um, he is going to be joined by Ron Perlman to play Optimus Primal, who's the... He's a gorilla. The right? gorilla, yes, who also did the Beast Wars voice. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a reunion of like the classic Optimus and the classic in live-action world. So I okay. am excited about this. I, I joked with you that Transformers will be the next Fast and Furious. It'll, they'll just keep going, and then to the point where I'll just be like, okay, we're... We're done. Well, I kind I did see Bumblebee, and I kind of liked it. But you like Bumblebee? I do really love Bumblebee. But the previous two, like the Mark Wahlberg Transformers, I've yeah, I saw them once a piece and yeah. didn't Can't really, really remember much. Yeah, nothing really much stood out. Some, you know, I was big into those early Transformers movies, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I will catch it when the DVD comes out. <laughs> So, speaking of exciting movie news, the Scooby-Doo and Courage the Cowardly Dog franchises are crossing over with one another in an animated film called Straight Outta Nowhere. The crossover movie will be hitting digital and DVD and Blu-ray in September, and we'll see Scooby-Doo's Mystery Inc. on the tail of a strange object in Nowhere, Kansas, the desolate hometown of Courage and his owners Muriel and Eustace Bag which also happens to be a nexus of strange supernatural occurrences. The gang soon find themselves contending with a giant cicada monster and her wacky winged warriors. Perfect that they timed it with the year of the cicadas. By the way, can the two iconic mongrels overcome their jitters to solve the case or will they completely 
bug out. I was about to say, here in East Tennessee, we can tell you a lot about giant cicada monsters. <laughs> yeah. So maybe uh, we should join Scooby. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a crossover of two vintage classic dogs that we grew up with, mm -hmm. Courage and Scooby. Uh, it'll be interesting to see those two worlds collide. Scooby's had a lot of crossovers in the past yes. few years. Yes, there's a Supernatural crossover. He had a WWE crossover. He did. Yeah. Harrison Ford, he's at it again. Mm. Our old, old Uncle Harry. <laughs> he suffered an injury on the Indiana Jones 5 set. This poor guy. Shocker. He got hurt on Star Wars. He got hurt on this. <laughs> uh, but shooting began on the highly anticipated and still untitled sequel in the United Kingdom, filming at Pinewood Studios and other locations. According to Deadline, the severity of Ford's injury remains unknown at this time, but we do know that the injury was to the 78-year-old actor's shoulder. Walt Disney Pictures released a statement saying, In the course of rehearsing a fight scene, Harrison Ford sustained an injury involving his shoulder. Production will continue while the appropriate course of treatment is evaluated, and the filming schedule will be reconfigured as needed in the coming weeks. It's not a Harrison Ford movie without an injury. Yeah. <laughs> Because in no pain, no gain. In Temple of Doom, he broke his back doing a stunt over the couch. He broke his ankle on the Millennium Falcon in Force Awakens. He also got hurt by the Nazi plane yes, in Raiders of the in Lost Raiders Ark. Of the Lost Ark. He's I had, think he got injured on Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. He's had a I couple remember. of plane crashes. <laughs> I, <laughs> I just think it might, as much as I love Harry, and we have that deep personal connection with oh, Harrison yeah. Ford. Uh, I think it might be time. <laughs> it yeah. might be time for Close, closing to in on, on eighty show there, the Harry. action films. <laughs> so, moving forward, in the current Miles Morales Spider-Man series at Marvel Comics, Miles has gotten a Captain America-style upgrade in an outstanding new cover by Ivan Coelho and Alejandro Sanchez. Miles dons a new costume that resembles Captain America, but also has influences from Miles' Puerto Rican heritage. It is uncertain whether Spider-Man will wear the novel costume in the upcoming issue of Miles Morales Spider-Man, issue number 28, but even if it was just a cover appearance, it is an image any Marvel fan should not miss. Have you seen it? I have seen it. It looks really cool. Yeah. Makes me want to buy it yeah. and go, go read it. So, probably going to go to the local comic book store, which is actually... Severeville is our closest yeah. local comic book store, is. Uh, and pick it up. Uh, but speaking of comics, I want to take the time to thank Valiant Comics for sending over previews of upcoming issues and hooking us up with early viewing opportunities. Out now, we have Valiant's The Visitor number 6, the final installment of this story, written by Paul Levitz, with art by M.J. Kim. In this issue, The Visitor pulls the trigger on tomorrow, once and for all, in the epic finale of this six issue story arc. Also, on sale July 14th will be Ninjack number one by Jeff Parker and Javier Polio. In the S in this espionage thriller, all of MI6's secrets have been exposed and that includes the identity of Ninjack. Out of the shadow and into the spotlight, the world's greatest super spy has been exposed. Colin King is Ninjack and he has a target on his back like never before. With enemies lurking around every corner, how will Ninjak survive when there's nowhere left to hide and the world is gunning for him? 
With these title and also Shadowman's current issues going strong, Valiant Comics is worth reading. So get out to your local comic book store and pick up these issues. If you are behind, catch up. Pick up the issues before these come out. Thank you again to Valiant for including us in your promo and preview lists. Last bit of news. Kevin Feige has confirmed that the Fantastic Four movie directed by John Watts will be the last movie in Marvel's Phase 4 plans. <sighs> oh, that's great. Would really like We'd to really get like some, cast list. some casting news here, guys. <laughs> Make I'm good choices. <laughs> I'm glad we know it's the last of Phase 4, but some casting news would be exciting. I'd be like... They're really wanting Fantastic Four news. What should we tell them, Kevin? Ah, tell them it's the last of Phase Four. That'll hold them over. Not. Nah. <laughs> I want to know who's who. We already knew it was coming. Just so. give us one. Yeah. Like, just tell us who Doom is, or even tell us Johnny Storm. That's fine. Joe Keery. Joe Keery is Johnny Storm. If it doesn't happen, I'll still see it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That'll really show them. Really you didn't cast them. it the way I wanted. I'll still I'll come see still your come movie. See it. They'll still get my money. Ugh. But hey, but hey, I'm excited. Fantastic Four. A lot yeah. of news. Hope that that wasn't too quick for you. Anything that you're particularly excited for, let us know. Thirty and Nerdy Pod at gmail.com. We are going to step away, take a quick break, and when we come back, we're talking episode three of Loki. So 30 and Nerdy Podcast will return. Tennessee Legend Distillery was founded in 2015 and has quickly become one of the top distilleries for natural extracts and ingredients in its spirits. With no high fructose corn syrup, artificial sweeteners, or harmful ingredients, Tennessee Legend Distillery has four locations in the state of Tennessee. With our Newport, Sevierville, Cookville, and Nashville distilleries. You see, at Tennessee Legend Distillery, we have spent more time focused on the quality of our spirits than the number of our stores. We have a great selection of non-flavored spirits as well, like vodka, bourbon, whiskey, and gin. Tennessee Legend Distillery has multiple awards and medals for state, national, and international spirit contests, and even carries 2019's Best Tasting Whiskey in the state of Tennessee with our Salted Caramel 60 Proof Whiskey. We offer discounts for veterans, active military, nurses, police officers, firefighters, first responders, and even multiple bottle discounts. Don't live in Tennessee? We ship to select states. Go to GACraftSpirits.com to see if we deliver to you. That's G-A-C-R-A-F-T-S-P-I-R-I-T-S dot com. If you stop by the Sevierville location, tell them 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you and be a legend with Tennessee Legend Distillery by receiving a free shot glass and 15% off of your order. What are you waiting for? Cheers to you.
Welcome back, nerds. We are talking about episode three of Loki. So, uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, what are you waiting for? Uh, as you listen to this, the new episode has dropped. So, this is a good thing to refresh you before episode four. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Loki. Yeah. Um, we have seen uh, Loki's kind of followed Lady Loki, who we learn is Sylvie. And Sylvie is very much a female Loki, but has some different, stronger abilities. Uh, yeah. And I'm glad to say that I was wrong about the accent thing. Last time we talked about Loki, I was like, oh, she had like one line, to be fair. But I was like, hey, I didn't pick up on an accent. Why would she not have an accent? And she's an English actress, but she definitely does have an accent. There were even times where I'd be like, what did she say? Yeah. She's very fast with that so, accent for, I mean, it didn't come through in that one or two lines that yeah. she had before, so uh, that caught me off guard. But I was glad, though, yeah. of that. But yeah, I, I feel like something's missing. Like, I don't I don't think that I'm fully convinced that she is a Loki. Uh, again, I'm going to stand by and say that she's... Uh, Enchantress. Enchantress. Yeah. And they've either misidentified her or she is faked as Loki. As a Loki. Or maybe... Her, she is a Loki variant because maybe in her timeline there is no Loki. Or and they maybe, just, the TVA thinks, oh, she must be Loki. Or maybe in that timeline or universe or whatever, she's Loki in air quotes, but she becomes the Enchantress. Possibly. You know, she's just not, for her to be a Loki copy, she doesn't have a lot of the same mannerisms mm-hmm. as Tom Hiddleston and you know maybe she shouldn't maybe she's not supposed to but yeah. I, I feel like if she But even her abilities are not Loki's abilities. Well, yeah, to an extent. Cuz they learned different things from their mentors. Who did yeah. she say taught her her stuff? Uh, it was like a guy, wasn't it? I can't remember. And that's how I mean, we kind of joked about, you know, listening to Mark Bernard and who doesn't really like much we've learned on Kevin Smith's podcast uh, that th- we've forgotten a lot in the short time that we last saw this episode because there's just not a lot that jumped out. Um, I feel like in this episode we got proof that maybe Loki was nerfed a little bit early on because, I mean, he full stops this tower just by lunging at it. Like, we've never seen him do anything like that before. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't wave his hands and, like, make it vanish or do an illusion or something mischievous. He full-on just kind of jukes at the tower, stops it, and lifts it back up as it's about to crash onto Sylvie. Mm-hmm. So he he pulls this move that we've never seen something like that, and that was, like, an epic move. That was a strong move mm-hmm. from Loki. Um, I've even seen some people think that, oh, does he have the time stone? Did he keep the time stone when he was toying around with the... Because on this world, it would work. Ah. So is, is he going to be like, oh, okay, so the ship blew up. Watch this. And he fixes time. Uh, I don't know. That seems pretty easy. Uh, kind of a quick cop-out, maybe, that he stole the time stone out of uh, Casey's desk <laughs> when he was going through it. Poor Casey. Poor Casey. Uh, but this episode was a lot of talking. Yeah. A lot of walking. Well, and also a big apocalypse that yeah. they were, you Another know, apocalypse. all that stuff was pretty good. Uh, yeah, lots of great moments. Uh, 
have you ever noticed how creepy the intro is? Very. It reminds me of the X Files. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that's the that's the whole point. I talking again about is Sylvie actually Loki or whatever? Like, what if if she had been if she really was Loki? Would it have been cool? You remember, like in the first Thor, they still sort of had that sort of Shakespearean style of dialogue, you know? Oh, yeah. The yeah. thou whatever. Yeah. You know, and of course Thor hung out on Midgard for a long time, so he lost that. Yeah. Um, but if she had spoken in that similar yeah. sort of fashion, Guardian fashion, yeah, that would have been that would have been cool. Well, I mean, the first one was directed by Kenneth Branagh, yeah. enthusiast. So remember. Uh, Loki pretending to be the husband of the... Yes. Hello, dear. It's been a long time. Yes. And she blasts him out of the door. Yes. Uh, and we get the confirmation that he is bisexual, which we knew was coming. Yeah. Uh, Sylvie says something about lots of princesses or princes, and he says a little bit of both, mm-hmm. uh, as I'm sure it's the same for you. So, But obviously nothing I've loved. It wasn't like a major in-your-face, hey, Loki likes dudes, yeah. but yeah. it was like... Hey, it's there. Yeah, you know? and it shouldn't be a big deal. It shouldn't be, a big but deal. you know, I'm glad that they they at least inserted that little factoid about the mm-hmm. character because there are a lot of people out there who really appreciate that. Yeah, you know? and if you remember in the previous episode we talked about, I said you want to hear a theory. I said I think this is going to be like a fake religion or a fa- they've been lied to. There, t- mm-hmm. we get that confirmation in this yeah. episode that. The- Every ver- everybody working for the TVA were variants of a timeline at, yeah, at one crazy. point. And poor Owen Wilson. I know Owen. Maybe he was a jet ski salesman. Maybe he had a jet ski. Maybe that's like his subconscious memory saying, "Like you still you loved jet skis at this time. That's why you have the magazine. That's and these trophies that the judge quote unquote has." Are they actually trophies that she has from variants she caught? Is Mobius a variant she caught? Yeah, I heard, uh, it might have been Mark Menard actually, that talked about this idea that that she's actually like a love interest of Kang. Ooh. Well, her character is, in the comics, had dealings with Kang. Yeah. So that name, the name of her character transferred over to comics has had dealing so they may do comp- something completely different with her but i do not hate that yeah it's going to be interesting to see where it goes and and how that information affects like owen wilson's the one i'm, I'm yeah. most anxious about because in the first episode he gives this big speech about oh the tva is my life you mm-hmm. know we were and, born here and, and raised you know, now here. it's it's not quite what you think. And what about Casey? What's Casey gonna do? Uh, Who was Casey? I know. It would be funny if it had to do something with fish. <laughs> because he had no what's a fish? Maybe he was a fisherman. Yeah, I was about to say that. <laughs> maybe he was. He what? Maybe maybe he, he worked in the aquarium. Maybe he was an Atlantean. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Make you think. Hey, we also had Stormtrooper disguise Loki. Yes. Uh, definitely straight out of Star Wars. Yes. Wear the disguise, carry the prisoner in. like <laughs> Do the Chewbacca. Like Han and, Han and Luke and Chewbacca. Uh, that was a great moment. Uh, call back to Thor 1. Yes. When drunk Loki, when she sings, she seems, come home, and he slams the cup down. Another! It's one of my <laughs> uh, favorite things about Thor. It was, it was kind of, it was a, a beautiful homage in my eyes, because when me and Maddie were watching, I was like, oh, 
That's what Thor did. Wouldn't it be awesome if we saw Galactus in one of these apocalypses? Oh. Like, maybe they go to another one or whatever, and they look up, and there's Galactus covering up the whole skyline. Would be a great, subtle way to just say, oh, he's here. You think about apocalypses, you, you know... Eater of worlds himself. Yeah, exactly. So, why not? Just hope that he's not literally tentacles from no, Fantastic uh, Four. A cloud. A cloud. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Another thing that I loved was seeing him drunk and partying. Because mm-hmm. we've never, we never gotten to see that. Uh, even when they were celebrating in Thor 1 after their big battle and all that. And uh, he, uh, he's just kind of mopey. Yeah. The whole time, and he doesn't party with them. He thinks that they're rabble, and they're getting drunk and acting like a bunch of buffoons. Well, in Asgard, even at a big party like that, even if he was participating, he was not going to be the center of attention. Yeah. He's not going to be the life of the party. Here on this train, at, at the end of the world, uh, these people, you know, they don't mind, and he's the star of the, of the party and, and having a great time, so I guess he doesn't mind that as much. That was a fun scene. Very fun scene, and I may be overthinking, which I tend to do in nerd culture. When he stops the fast singing, he sings a a slow Asgardian Mm -hmm. lullaby type thing to her. And I kind of want to be like, what's he saying? Like, is he, is he, is, I felt like he was singing something from the heart and she didn't understand what he was saying because maybe she's not Asgardian. And he was maybe testing? Maybe. Like, I feel like he might have been hey. testing her singing this Asgardian lullaby that she should know if she's a Loki. And she doesn't really react to it. She's just kind of like, what are you doing? You know, like, people are watching you. And she has never confirmed that she is... She even says, stop calling me Loki. Yeah. I'm not a, like, stop calling she me She said, Loki. I'm Sylvie, but, like, if anyone's anyone, you're me yeah. or, you know... All this kind of thing. And there's that um, moment where he's like, this power you're doing, how'd you learn that? Like, I can't do that. And we're supposed to be Lokis. With only three episodes left. There's a lot. There's a lot of things that are going to have to happen. There's a lot. But we have said that about WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier. So I trust them. Oh, of course. They're going to get the answers. Yeah. So we, we ended it with their plan was to jump this ship that's supposed to blow up, if they get there in, in time, then they can hijack the ship and make sure it gets off and charge this thing all in one fell swoop, yeah. killing two birds with one stone, so to speak. But it blows up at the end, and that's just how it ends. Like, she walks off all upset, and he looks all like, well, how are they? How are they going to get out of this one? I, I don't know. Um, I think it will be, definitely be interesting. Uh, as most people are listening, we've probably already gotten the answer. Episode 4 does oh, yeah? come out tomorrow as we're recording. It's true. Uh, actually, you know, like 3 a.m. our time. I will see it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, again, and also while we're talking about this, let's just go ahead and say there is an embargo for true nerds. Please, if you are the ones that are getting up at 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 12 a.m. West Coast Time, whatever, please stop spoiling. I mean, it's gotten better. We've talked about that, but we recently had a uh, interaction in our inner circle group 
on Twitter, where uh, the day after episode three came out, this podcast was just foregoing the embargo, and we were we're going to talk about it tomorrow, and we're spoiling it, and we're just we're we're being vocal about it. So they got kicked out of the group Oof. because we all, as a, a nerd community on these Twitter communities, follow the seventy-two hour embargo pretty seriously. So. As, as, as intense as that may sound to some people, like, really? You kicked them out of a group because they were... Yeah, they were going to spoil it yeah. for people. We we wholeheartedly believe in don't spoiling... Don't spoil things. It's just rude. Yeah, you don't want to rob people of that you, you great moment when they see that exciting thing happen or And it comes the big down revelation. to people having to be the first voice. You know, they want... They probably were just thinking of, let's be the first to talk about it. Everyone else is following this embargo. Let's talk about it first. So we're the first people thing people listen to. It's just not cool. Backfire. Like it's and it did backfire. And I, and I hate to to sound like that, but people, it's a seventy-two hour embargo to not talk about it, not to not watch it. Like you can watch and enjoy it individually. Like we'll probably text about it, yeah. or Logan and I will text about it. Me and Maddie will talk about it. But like, don't spoil it for people. Did you? Uh did you know that Tom Hiddleston's a producer of the show? I saw that the first time on the credits of this past episode. Same I was here. Like, he's producing. I didn't know. Ooh. I didn't know. He's just, I, he's one of them, kind of like RDJ, where I don't want him to ever leave because I love Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. I love the actor so much and what he's done with his character, even if. That small little bit we saw him in Infinity War. What he did, the lines he delivered to Thanos, to Thor before his death. The small little physical acting he did in Endgame. Like, Hiddleston's phenomenal. I don't want to lose him. Did you catch him as uh, Hank Williams? I did. Yeah. Hank Williams Sr. I did, and he, he did well with the southern accent. And I think was, uh, Elizabeth was, Olsen was in that, too. She was? Yeah. Yeah. She played his wife. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah. Wanda and Loki singing country music and touring the country. So, anything else stand out to you aside from a lot of story, a lot of walking? The metaphor he made about love as a dagger, whatever, that was really clever. It was very cool how they delivered that yeah. moment, too. It's not real, it disappears, or whatever. It and can then be she's used like, to hurt, it can be used to protect. That's a terrible metaphor. <laughs> it's like, oh, it doesn't really make sense, does it? But I thought that was a good moment. But Are they. But do you think that that was maybe mistakenly done to maybe hint towards a relationship with them? Or do you think it was just them just talking about previous loves? I know. I think he was just trying to BS and to sound smart. (laughs) Because he was kind of drunk at the time. Yeah, I don't know. So, what are your thoughts of episode three? Please let us know. Again, don't spoil episode four for the nerds and nerdettes of the Nerdiverse. Uh, Be kind. And uh, can't wait to talk about episode four next week. So, watch it and tune in next week. We will be talking about episode four. Any final thoughts on Loki, please let us know. 30nerdypod at gmail.com. Hashtag... 30 and Nerdy Pod on Twitter. We're going to step away, take a quick break, and we will be right back with celebrating the 30th anniversary of Sonic the Hedgehog.
Hey guys, my name is JT. What's up everyone, I'm Darren. Hey, what's up guys, I'm Josh. Hey guys, I'm Christian. Hey, what's up y'all, this is Dominic and we're the East Coast Avengers. We're a group of five friends who get together weekly and talk about everything that's going on in the nerd universe. Whether you're a fan of Marvel, DC, Star Wars, video games, comics, or anything else nerdy that you can think of, we're the podcast for you. You can find us on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or whatever streaming platform you use to listen to your favorite podcasts on. You can also catch us on our YouTube channel where we release tons of content such as vlogs, unboxings, TV and movie recaps, and trailer reactions. So if those things sound good to you, then check out the East Coast Avengers podcast. We hope you enjoy. Welcome back, nerds. We are celebrating 30 years of Sonic the Hedgehog right now. Juice, did you play a lot of Sonic? I played a little Sonic. Okay. Uh, back in the day on the old Sega Genesis. I didn't own it. I had to be at a friend's house. I had My cousins had it. Gotcha. So that's how I played it. And um, yeah, that, the original Sonic game, I was a master of that first level or two there. Uh, I don't think I ever beat it, but I remember I did get to Robotnik one time, but I just... Really? Yeah, I couldn't quite cut it. He was too hard for me, but gotcha. I was probably seven at the time. <laughs> they were inspired, so I did learn this. In the original Mario Brothers game, okay, okay, everybody knows that first level really well. Yeah. And because you can get to the point where you can get the warp zones and you can go to different parts of the game, right? So the the uh, creators of Sonic were inspired by that because gamers were like speed running through that first level. And they're like, wouldn't it be cool if we had where it's like all the time you're speeding through like that. So that's where the idea, one of the ideas for gotcha. Sonic came from. Gotcha. Yeah. So you uh, got some info for us? I got a bit. I got a little bit. Uh, learned here that Sonic the Hedgehog, the character, was created by Sega in 1991 because they were looking to have something to challenge Mario. Mm -hmm. You know, Nintendo's big with Mario, so they were like, we need our own little mascot. We need our own guy to compete with that. And so we, we got Sonic the Hedgehog. It's created by, I'm so sorry, I'm going to butcher these Japanese names, guys. I'm going to do my best. Uh, Naoto Oshima. He was the, I guess he, he drew Sonic, and it was based on a mixture of the head of Felix the Cat on Mickey Mouse's body with boots inspired by Michael Jackson. Ooh. Interesting, right? Very interesting. And apparently Michael Jackson had done some music for the game. But when they, you know, put it in the 8-bit or the 16-bit or whatever, he didn't like the way it sounded. So they, they took it out because it didn't work the same. Mm. Uh, and speaking of music, you know how when you turn the game on, you hear that Sega. Mm -hmm. That one sound was one eighth of the entire space on the game. Because there was originally going to be a lot more music. But okay. just that one part took up so much space, they didn't have room oh, for any more. Original Sega, yeah. So they removed all that stuff. Oh. But yeah. We've come a long way Lord. In, in, in the video games. Especially in 30 years. I learned that... Sonic has sold about 15 million copies. The original game, that is. Okay. 
Uh, I don't have a, a complete compilation of all the games that Sonic has been featured in, but it's been dozens and dozens and dozens. Um, he wasn't always blue. Did you know this? No, I did not. So, Sonic was created in a lab accident uh, with, there was a doctor, Dr. Ovi Kintobar. And if you take Ovi Kintobar backwards, it's Ivo Robotnik. Okay. Okay, so he was a hedgehog. He was brown. Yeah. And there was this experiment that turned him blue and gave him all of his speed. And then, of course, that also at the same time created his arch nemesis, the villain, the Eggman, Robotnik. Robotnik. Uh, this was told, of course, not in any of the games, but there was a comic series for Sonic. That told this story, and it ran from 1993 to 2002. That's a really long run. I did not even know it existed. Wow. I knew about the animated series, like in the early yeah. 90s. Yeah. I didn't watch much of it, but I knew about it. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, did you know that his original name was not going to be Sonic? <laughs> going to be Flash? No. Needle Mouse. Original. Needle mouse. Do you know why? Because As hedgehogs are mouses with needles. Close. They were worried that audiences, especially American audiences, wouldn't know what a hedgehog was. Huh. So especially American. They audience. wanted. I like that. <laughs> they wanted to call him Needle Mouse, and he's like, "Well, that kind of sounds dumb." So, <laughs> luckily for us, they they went with Sonic. Sonic the Hedgehog. Did you also know? Man, I got all kinds of good stuff here. So, uh, Sonic was actually, he appeared in a game before his game as oh, a little Easter egg. race car game. It was a race car uh, arcade game called Rad Mobile. It's he was a little mirror like, dangling thing. thing. In it. Yeah, yeah, he was like a little air freshener hanging yeah. in the mirror. So, that was done on purpose as like a little tease for the depending game. Depending on how crazy you drive, depends it's on how swing. much you bounce yeah. back and forth. Yeah. I did remember uh, that. It was originally planned that. Sonic would have some sort of a, a girlfriend, a human girlfriend, sort of like Roger Rabbit. That's exactly Rabbit. what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, um, because there was a game, a more modern game, one of the 3D like third-person weird Sonic games, where like some human character kisses him, and people thought it was weird. But this was a plan all along. There was this. I saw the concept uh, uh, illustrations of it. This blonde woman, and her name was Madonna. And yes, <laughs> she was off based off of, you got to remember, guys, 1991. Yeah, so, Madonna was still huge. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Madonna and Sonic and Michael Jackson all connected there. And uh, really, that's that's about all I, I got. Uh, there was an interesting point made that Robotnik sort of looks like a mixture of Teddy Roosevelt and Mario. <laughs> which I thought was I see the Teddy Roosevelt. You know? Yeah. The colors, man. The glasses, the yeah. mustache, the chubbiness, I guess, is more yeah. I, I never got far any time I would be at a friend or my cousins, uh, Blake and Taylor, had a Sega with Sonic, and those were really only the places I played. And it would just... In, I would always start it, and that first level or two, I'd be like, okay, it's fun, you know... You get hit by a spike, you know, you lose rings, and rings are your, your lifeline, life and, and I get it, but it was all very, and I say this weirdly because there's there's aspects of Mario that you would say is repetitive. For and, sure. 
all those early games were very repetitive until, you know, the 64 came along. Um, even Donkey Kong on the Super Nintendo, very repetitive. I We talked a little bit about uh, the 20th anniversary of Max Payne is coming up, and you were like, oh, I didn't really play them because they were repetitive. Yeah. You'd go into a room, shoot some guys, and a cutscene would happen, and then you'd go into a room and shoot some guys. And a, So I didn't like the repetitiveness of Sonic as much as I liked the repetitiveness of Mario, if that makes sense. Sure. And there goes the train, as you probably could hear yes. uh, a little bit of there. Yes. Like we said, ambiance. Ambiance. Summertime in Morristown, Tennessee. Ah. But yeah, I but I I, I get it. Uh, I think I, I don't want to speak for everybody, obviously, but I feel like Mario's probably favored a little more yeah. than Sonic uh, oh, yeah. by most people. Most people. Um, but Sonic's very cool for sure. Now, did you did you? Catch the movie. That's a no. No. And I really wanted to watch it because uh, Kiri's cousin, uh, who's in Parks and Rec, does the voice, doesn't he? Oh, you mean one of John my Ralphio? all-time favorite Parks and Rec characters, John Ralphio. <laughs> I got run over by Lexus. Uh, yeah, Ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz. He was perfect. He was great. And uh, Jim Marsden's Carrey. In it. Uh, yeah, James Marsden was in it. Jim, Jim Carrey. Carrey was the perfect Robotnik. Okay. Um, so good. So good. I watched it for the second time this past week, a couple days ago, uh, to prepare for today. Um, and definitely it's worth checking out. I think it's so, also on Paramount or it's on one of the streams right now. One of the many. One of the many. So what stands out about it? What was the, we talked earlier about? Video games to other media. What Doesn't always made work. Sonic work. I think they had a pretty nice all-star cast. You know, a, a lot of times these video game movies, you don't know the people. Yeah. You know, they don't have big stars. Now think back twenty years ago or however long it was, they did a Doom movie. With the Rock. The Rock was in it. And, and uh, uh, uh Carl uh, Urban. Carl Urban was in it. But 20 years ago, The Rock was a huge star to wrestling fans. And yeah, he was probably like one of those, you know, if you saw him, you'd know who he was kind of deals. But he wasn't the big, all, like, what he is number now. one movie star on the face of the planet like he is today. Yeah. Carl Urban also, he had just yeah. done Lord of the Rings, and, you know, that was kind of a niche audience. So, yeah, you don't often get the star power. Jim Carrey, James Marsden, that adds a lot to it. Ben Schwartz, even though he's not in what you'd call an A-list celebrity, uh, he was fantastic. Do you think that also at the success of it came from uh, that first teaser dropped? The fans were ugly, ugly Sonic about it, and they fixed it. Yeah, they were like, you know what, the fans are right. Yeah, the were... fans don't like what they see right now. Yeah, it's they're gonna be the ones watching there it. There was definitely a lot of talk in the community of, you know what, they're gonna take the time to go and fix this. We need to go see it. Yes. Uh, so that's that's a good you know which it did do well at the box office, prompting a sequel. A sequel is sequel's in, in the production works. right yes. now. It's supposed to come out next year. Sweet. Very much looking forward to it. There is a post credit scene in the first movie that sort of sets up for this one. I won't give oh, it away. Tails, <laughs> tails or knuckles. Uh, they said that knuckles would be in the sequel. All right. They well, did drop that. They dropped a that all oh, because Jason Momoa is in talks to be yes. knuckles. Uh, it was not Knuckles. 
There's tails. Could be. Could be. So, yeah, worth checking out for sure. Oh, I will. You have it, right? I gave it to you. You have it. When did you give it to me? A couple weeks ago at the Fortress. You got it's it somewhere. It's in my backpack. Well, there you it's go. It's in my backpack. So uh, you have access to it? I still also have a Lego Batman that I have to tell you has gotten more watches in the past year. Are you year. serious? Has gotten more watches in the past year. Dude. With uh, my nephew Colton is in love. I can't with believe that movie. you just said that because I had been looking for that Lego Batman for months <laughs> and I got another one. So that <laughs> one mine be- now. <laughs> that belongs to you now. Every time they come over. Tyler, Lego Batman. Like, okay, here we go again. But it's still, it's still it's not bad. I'm not. I don't get tired of it. I quote it with. He's quoting it now at this point. Um, Galifianakis's Joker's great. Uh, so the fact that Lego Batman's director is the scriptwriter and director of the Nightwing movie that's supposed to be made. Oh, good news! I think it's. It, goes to say that that's good because he proved in that movie he's a fan of the DC universe. Sure. So. I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see Sonic. I just haven't had the time to to really sit down and watch You something. won't regret it. Um, and there were, I'm sure, dozens of Easter eggs in the movie uh, for, game for, for, for fans, of, fans the game. of the games. You know, I didn't catch a lot of them, but a super, super obvious one. Not, It's not even an Easter egg, but the, you know, do you remember the first level of Sonic? Green Hills, it's called. Green <laughs> Hills. Yeah. The name of the town where Sonic is sort of hiding out on Earth is Green Hills. Green Hills. Oh, yeah. that's good. So I like that. I like that. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll definitely check it out. Any last bit unknown nerdlage for Sonic? That's You've all given I, us a lot. That's of all info. I got for Sonic, man. Um, I found a lot of interesting things that I didn't know. Uh, we'll preface Mario by saying I have uh, a lot less. News yes. to share, but... We can talk more personally about Mario. And I have an, a little fun activity for us okay. to try when we get to it. So, okay. yeah. Awesome. Well, what did you enjoy about Sonic? Do you still play? Sonic's kind of a mercenary now. He pops up every now and then in different video games alongside Mario in some, in like a versus aspect. So, what are your favorite Sonic moments? Let us know. Hashtag 30 and Nerdy Pod. We're going to step away for another quick break. And when we come back, we're celebrating the 25th anniversary of Mario 64. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Maddie. Do you like horror movies? I sure do. Well, did you know that most horror movies are inspired by real-life horror? Really? Like what? Well, take The Shining, for instance. That's based on Stephen King's real-life addictions. Or The Purge, which could be our country any minute now. Oh, and The Strangers, which is based on a real-life murder. People should be talking about these things. Hey, Guys. Oh, oh, hey, Producer, producer Michael. Michael, hi. Uh, well, I hate to break it to you, but somebody already is. It's you. <gasps> That's right. We are Friday the 13th, the podcast where we talk about horror in real life and horror in media, all from an LGBTQ perspective. Because we gay, y'all. We are proud members of the Legion Podcast Network, and we can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Come along with us on this crazy journey, and as always, get slayed.
All right, let's go. We're back, nerds. Nice. That wasn't a sound effect. That was all the Duke right there. <laughs> the old Duker <laughs> doing the Mario. <laughs> There's no soundboard out here. That was all Tyler Mac. There's no plumbers here. <laughs> no Italian plumbers here. Uh, so we're celebrating in injunction with Sonic's 30th anniversary. In the same month, we're getting the 25th anniversary of probably one of the biggest game changers in, no pun intended, video games. Sure. Uh, Mario 64. Yeah. 25 years old this month. The first game developed for the Nintendo 64. Yes, exclusively, it was marketed alongside, hey, this new game system's coming out, and guess what the first game we're doing is? Mm -hmm. Mario's getting an overhaul, yeah. kids. Like open world-ish Mario. Yes. yes. Uh, it seemed like just such an unbelievable feat as a six, seven-year-old kid. Yeah. You know? <laughs> wow. This, wow. These huge this, maps. And, and, and going into blue skidooing into paintings as the worlds. Mm -hmm. And oh, but yet again, you have to save that damsel in distress, Peach, who always gets in trouble. Um, so that stayed. And this was the first mainstream change of Koopa to Bowser. This is when we first really started. It wasn't King Koopa anymore. If I remember was correctly. It, I thought he was Bowser in the Super Mario World. Wasn't he? He might have been. I, or I in Mario remember. Kart before that? Mario Kart was before that. They did change the name to Bowser. Because for years it was King Koopa. King Koopa. And then he just became Bowser. Yeah. So, which Bowser is like the devil in a lot of Japanese lore. If Ooh. I remember correctly. Okay. Um, so... We're talking Mario 64. What is your first memory? Probably, if you remember, if, if there's any people on here younger than us, they're not going to know what I'm talking about. But when we were kids and you go to Walmart and you went to the video game aisle, they used to have demos. Like there mm -hmm. would be each system was yeah. there and a controller or two, and a TV, and they'd have some sort of game going as a demo. that's where we were dropped off while parents did shopping. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. I can still sort of remember the way the games were laid out yeah. back then, like the Super Nintendo stuff and the Nintendo 64. Oh, good times. But, yeah, so you could play, if the other kids weren't hogging it the whole time, <laughs> you could play those games. So, yeah, that first level of Mario 64 was always on, and I remember running around. There's a part where the big boulder was kind of going up and down yeah. in that, uh, that little canyon in that first map. Do you yes. remember that? Yes. Yeah, I found out. King Babam. Yes, exactly. You climb a little mountain to get to him. That level that, uh, where that big open area in the ground was was supposed to be a river. Yeah. And they decided that the current was too strong and it would be frustrating, so they drained all the water out, and now you just got a big canyon to run through huh. in that first level. But yeah, that's my first memory, though. And it was the first game that I got for the Nintendo 64. It's the reason why I got mm -hmm. the 64. Mm -hmm. um, and had a lot of fond that memories That was my Christmas that. gift that year. It was yeah. a Nintendo 64 and Mario 64 and GoldenEye mm -hmm. was the next, was my birthday gift the few months after Christmas. Mm -hmm. And those two games I tore up. But Mario 64, man, I played... I think I ended up having to get a second copy after the first year because mm. I played it. So, Because back in the day, kids, they were cartridges. These video game cartridges. 
that you weren't supposed to blow into <laughs> to fix it. <laughs> Whatever. But for some did. reason, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> it fixed it uh, for the time being. But you weren't supposed to blow into the cartridges. And I remember the 64 came with these extension packs. It'd be like, oh, no, to save the game, you're going to need this to hook to the back of a memory pack or a rumble pack. Rumble pack. Remember it vibrant? Oh, because yeah. back in the day, controllers didn't automatically vibrate. Yeah. You had to get the vibrator pack to hook onto your controller to give you the, oh, you're in danger. You definitely take that for granted nowadays mm -hmm. that your controller automatically vibrates for you shakes around and stuff and uh back then that wasn't the that wasn't no. the case you had no. to get a special attachment for and that. some games like i remember when donkey kong 64 came out you had to get an expansion pack for it to even read the game oh it was like so capitalistic <laughs> that they'd be like well yeah you bought the system yeah you bought this 75 dollar game but you also need this $35 expansion pack just to play this game. Some things never change. <laughs> it's true. So my first memory of Mario 64, actually, actually my first memory is obviously you pop out of that tube and there's the castle and Peach is, and you can't go to the first, you can't go straight to Bowser first because the you don't have enough stars and the hallway keeps growing. The never ending staircase. The never ending staircase. You can't go up there yet because you don't have 10 stars. You gotta get 10 stars, and the way you get stars is beating these levels in a certain time, doing a certain thing, getting all red coins, all blue coins. Getting 100 yellow coins. 100 yellow coins, uh, saving specific little creatures, certain like that, fighting King Babam. There was the snow level, where you raced the big penguin. The penguin, you could get you the could baby cheat. penguin. You could cheat in the race, because it kind of like Rainbow Road, there was a part where it would spin, and you could see the next level of the track, and if you went off the side and landed on the bottom tier, you'd be way okay, ahead of them. get this. They redid the game for the DS or something like that. Bet you can't cheat anymore. You couldn't cheat, because uh -huh. if you did it, when you got to the end, that she would say something about it. She would say, oh, you know, you cheated. I'm not giving you anything. <laughs> yeah, they've changed that. Sorry, kids. That was our fault. Yeah. <laughs> but Mario 64 changed the game in so many aspects because it wasn't just 3D. It was, you could change his cap, get new caps to get different. Metal. The, flying, the metal cap, the flying wing cap yeah. to fly. Uh, but you couldn't get those automatically. You had to get to a certain star mm -hmm. level before they were even available. And also in the, the DS version of the game, you could get a Wario or a Luigi hat. Yes. Yeah. And you could, I can't remember what they did, but they had special abilities too. So you could sort of become that other character for a little bit. Um, yeah. So I played through that. Do you remember the underwater level? The eel. The yes. The giant eel. The big sunken ship and the eel sticking his head out, man. Scared okay. The look, if you don't know me, guys, <laughs> I don't like snakes. I don't like jump scares. Things under the water. Screaming. I don't like. There's a lot of things. <laughs> that eel man gave me the heebie-jeebies. This is where it originates, I think. Could that be. eel jumping out at you. It could be. Because you had to get close enough to draw him out so you could get in the sunken mm -hmm. ship. But it was so... Nerve-wracking. Nerve-wracking and finicky because he was quick. And he would shock the daylights out of yes. you. Yes. And it would be so easy to... Because uh, you're also... You're underwater and you have to... There's a lot of 
breathing aspects. You have to keep getting like, uh, um, there's water bubbles, right? Yeah. Water bubbles and, um, and coins. Coins, yes. Water bubbles and coins. Aside from those two levels, I'm having difficulty remembering other levels. Okay, I remember a few. One was the one where like you could be like really, really big and everything else is small. Or okay. you were tiny and everything else is big. And there was also where you would race one of the turtle guys in that one. You remember that? I do remember the turtle. Yeah. You'd race him. And you remember the angry caterpillar that when you hit it, it turns red and it charges. That was yes. one of the battles in yes. that. Yes, yes. Uh, another level, one of the ones that was a little more frustrating and nerve-wracking was towards the end. I think it was like the last one. It was up in the sky, up in the clouds. There was a lot of moving platforms and clocks and stuff. Okay. Remember that? Yes. And I remember the first Bowser fight. There were three of those. Three Bowser fights. Mm -hmm. you had and those by levels. The tail and swing him off mm -hmm. the map. And there's like a little level leading up to him. Yeah. There were. Uh, there was like a desert one. It had quicksand and the buzzards flying around and the pyramids. You remember yes, that? Yes, yes, yes. They still uh, tried to grasp the old school feel of the levels, like but bring them into the 3D world. Yeah, for sure. So there was still that feeling because if you played Super Mario 3, there were a lot of desert levels. Um, the dungeon top stuff, yes. like in the old games, it's when you hear the na 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 na. Like, yeah, yeah. There was a level sort of like that. There was like gas and stuff. You had to be Metal Mario to move through the gas and not yeah. not let it hurt you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, it was such a game changer. I mean, it really did not just usher us into a new world of gaming with the 64 and with Mario 64, but it ushered us into a new world of Mario. For sure. Because after that we had Super Smash and a new version of Mario Kart and Mario Party games started coming out and calling back to Sonic, then they kind of acquired the opportunity to do versus mm -hmm. for the Wii, like Olympic games and sports games with right. Sonic versus Mario yep. and Mario Golf was big at this house. We played Mario Golf a lot because we still to this day, anytime uh, we're at a putt-putt course uh, as a family, especially on vacation, anytime someone hits the ball too hard and it goes uh, like out of the hole that you're supposed to, Nolan will still to this day go, oh, B, oh, B, because Toad in Mario Golf, anytime he'd go out of bounds, would be sitting there with a flag just going, oh, B. So Nolan still to this day does that because he played the heck out of the Nintendo 64. He's not a gamer anymore, but he played the hell out of the 64 with right. me. He played Goldeneye with me in Super Smash, and we'd take turns on Mario 64. And so Mario 64, I think, I would, you still, you still have it? No. But you have a 64. I've got a 64, but I don't still have that game, no. Um, I bet CM Games does. I'm sure there's a, I've seen I it bet at, it's, McKay's and stuff. Yeah, it's expensive to get it. Any of the original Mario stuff is pricey. That's crazy. Yeah, for sure. It's still old, but yeah. it's Mario. But it's classic, iconic. And people still go back to it. Did you ever get your hat stolen by the monkey? Yes. Uh -huh. Oh, I do remember the monkey. And then do you remember there's a part like you could go down into the basement of the castle and there was a little rabbit down there that you could catch? Yeah, I do you remember him? I remember vaguely so catching the rabbit. I learned I forget his name, Mr. something. But he he and Mario 
were the first two characters implemented into the game. Like the little rabbit was part of a, a test thing that they had. And they loved him so much they couldn't part with him. They went ahead and included him in the game. Now, if I remember this correctly, when you got a hundred stars, you got to shoot out of a cannon on top of the castle? It's 120. 120 there was a hundred. There's 120 total. Okay. And Yoshi was at the top of the yes. castle. Yes. That's right. On the original game, like on the 64, never got that. There was one star that I was missing from somewhere. But on the DS version, I managed it a couple times. When I was older and wiser and more experienced. And less, more patience than Kid Josh? <laughs> um, I would say more patience, less... Um, Less, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Determination. Determination. Yeah. As a kid, I would be determined. I would do it over and over and over and over and over again. Determined to make it happen, even if there was no way, even if it wasn't even the right thing. Uh, but as an adult, it's like, I'm going to figure out how it works. I'm going to try it a couple times, and then I'm probably done. Uh, forget about <laughs> it. Forget about it. Forget about it. Hey, I did get a couple of little trivia okay. things here for you. The game was made by 15 people. Oh. 15 people. And at least two of them were so burnt out after the experience of making this game, they never developed the game ever again. Heard about that? I wonder if they still get money from it. Oh, though, I don't know. As a game developer. I don't know. I wonder how that works, because, like, um, I listened to the podcast, which is not for kids, Tell Them Steve Dave. Yeah. It's the two comic book men, Walt and Brian Johnson, and Brian Quinn from Impractical Jokers. And in a recent episode, Walt was talking about TV money. Brian gets TV money. And Brian Johnson said, well, we still get TV money. We get, like if, they, if AMC ever replays old comic book men episodes, we do get little checks. Mm -hmm. And Quinn goes, I don't mean to brag, but if you've ever turned on true TV... The only thing that plays during the day is reruns of Impractical Jokers. And there's a break at lunchtime where the Cabanero effect <laughs> reruns play. Then it's back to reruns of Impractical All that's on true TV during the day is Impractical Jokers. And Walt says, so you get a, ch a check cut for reruns. He's like, yeah, we get checks cut for reruns every time an episode plays on true tv well the game has been like re-released like i brought up the ds version two or three yeah. times now like that was a remake of the game so they're the original surely, people i don't know how that works but uh 15 people is mind-boggling because today there's hundreds of people yeah. that, that make a game yeah, teams when, you, of people. when you watch the credits of the last of us Oh yeah, it's astronaut or Skyrim or yeah. Bioshock. Any yeah. of those games, it's just it's like watching movie credits. Yeah, basically it's that long, and yeah. those are developers. So it's like, you know, small communities. You know, <laughs> of, uh, like if you go to Walmart on a busy day, some games were created by that many people, because there's they're handling this level and they're handling this level but they're not handling every aspect of the level some are doing the mountains of the level and some are doing the characters jumping noises and mm -hmm. some are doing the oh you can't go over here barricades well in 1996 games were far less complicated than than 
they yeah. are today. So I guess fifteen. But fifteen people. people that's Lord, still pretty that's a, shocking to me. Yeah, that's a that's a skeleton crew. Some of the puzzles made for uh, Mario sixty four were actually made for the Legend of Zelda: The Ocarina of Time. But because it was coming up on time for them to release the game and they were still short on a few things, they took some of the things that were being developed for Zelda, threw it in Mario. Wow. Yeah. You know, like those, what's well, like the, the water, the water temple and yeah. stuff like that. So there's specifically like a, a inside of a pyramid. Still to this day, I will challenge any, based on that. any young gamer. No book. No phone in your hand. The Water Temple in Ocarina of Time. Still mm -hmm. to this day, one of the hardest levels in mm -hmm. any game I have ever played. Yeah. So, but Mario 64, I think, will always be timeless, not just for us, but like you said, it's on the DS now. So, a new generation is playing that Mario game. And I'm sure that it'll re-release whenever Nintendo does another system game platform yeah type thing i don't know as far as like oh get it in the wii store or the yeah whatever i don't know if it's on the nintendo shop for like on the switch oh they did they did a they did a, a release recently of like three there's like mario galaxy mario 64 and like mario sunshine or something like mm -hmm. that for the switch it was a uh, three games in one pretty recently my sister-in-law actually got that. So I played a little Mario 64 a few months ago um, when she was still seeing my friend David. And I played it over there, and, and I got six or seven levels in, and I got impatient and moved too fast, and I died a lot. So <laughs> I gave up. But, yeah, game, it's, it's not the same as when you were a kid. Most things are. You know, this is not the same. But, hey, the last little fun piece of trivia that I got, and I'm sure there's – tons more and listeners feel free to let us know what what you know about the games that that we don't or that i didn't pick up on you remember the little booze little ghosts yeah <laughs> yeah exactly okay so i had nightmares one time because of that ghost house level i played the whole level in one day got all the stars all the coins all the secrets so i had ghosts on them on the brain i had the worst ghost nightmare in my life that night but Was anyway it boo yeah, they were like coming out of the paintings at me and stuff. But the ghost laugh that you just did, nah. Did you know that's the Bowser laugh? Uh, 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 uh. High pitch. Sped up, high pitch. <laughs> Same laugh. Oh, 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 oh. Yep. That's cool. Pretty cool, pretty cool. So you have a game to play. Oh, yeah. So found. Are you challenging me? I'm challenging both of us friend because okay. I don't know that I'll know this stuff either so let me just uh, state ahead of this I have not looked at these questions I don't know the answers I don't know anything about this okay. but it's 10 trivia questions about Mario 64 okay. they are multiple choice so we'll go through the question I'll go through the answers and we'll pick together okay so you'll click and it'll say right or wrong I don't know okay not sure first question Yoshi appears in this game, true or false? True. Well, that's a true, he does. We talked about that. Yeah. How many levels, not counting bonus ones or Bowser ones, are there? 16, 14, 15, or 12? Uh, pretty sure it's 15. 
I'm gonna say fourteen. Well, we can't. Okay, so not pick the same thing. I feel very okay, confident that 15. it's fifteen. Okay. What is the title of Star Five in Bobom Battlefield? The eight red coins, Mario wings to the sky, behind Chain Chomp's gate, Mario flies in the sky. Uh, I'm gonna go with the eight red coins because I think it, that those are the it's the first level you have to get yeah, the eight red coins. Yeah, Chain Chomp is is the thing chained. It's the he's arm, like arm, the arm, third arm. one. I think. Yeah, yeah, and there's a red coin on top of his post. Exactly. Yes. I'm going with the eight red coins. Okay, let's do it with eight red coins. All right. You versus Bowser four times. True or false? Three. That's three, so that's a false. On how many different slides can you get stars? One, four, two, or three? Four. Okay. What is the name of course 13? This one's you have to put the answer in, and the hint is think small and big. This is the one the I one talked where, about. Yeah, where you change size. Little Big World or something? <laughs> Let's say that. Little Big World. That actually might be it. I don't know. All right, Little Big World. I hope it gives us the answers. What is the name of Star 1 in Womp's Fortress? Uh, Womp, chip off Womp's body. The battle with Womp, chip off Womp's block. Chip off Womp's block. That's what I think, too. The name of the three caps are Wing, Metal, and Vanish? Yes. yes was yes, Vanish yes. the right Vanish one? Vanish was the other one. We're going to go with True. What is Mario's last name? Hint, one word. It's Mario. Mario, Mario. Mario, Mario. Because Luigi's Luigi Mario. Mario, Mario. What is the name of level 12? Cool, cool mountain. Tall, tall mountain. Wet, dry world. Snowman's land. Snowman's land. I think so, too. Submit my answers. All right. Let's see. Yoshi appears in this game. True. Hey. Once you have all 120 stars, you can meet him on the castle roof. How many levels, not counting bonus ones or Bowser ones, are there? Your answer, 15. Rainbow Ride is the 15th level. Hey. Uh-oh. We're at two. What is the title of Star 5 in bob Battlefield? Our answer was the eight red coins. This one was me. The correct answer is Mario Wings to the Sky. Ugh. You must fly through the center of all five rings to get the star. Oh, yeah. All right, you versus Bowser four times. True or false? We said that is false because it's three. We were right. Hey. Oh, boy. On how many different slides can you get stars? We said four. The answer is three. It's the princess's secret slide. Yes. I think that's the one when you're in the middle and you look up at the uh -huh. when the light's shining down. Cool, cool mountain slide and slide on tall, tall mountain. What is the name of course 13? Uh, this is the one about little and big. We said little big world. Uh, no. The correct answer is tiny, huge island. <laughs> On some stars, everything around Mario is big. On other stars, everything around Mario is tiny. What is the name of Star 1 in Womp's Fortress? Our answer, chip off Womp's block. That is correct. The correct answer. When you slam, uh, slam on his back three times, you defeat him and you get a star. The name of the three caps are Wing, Metal, and Vanish. We said true, and that is true. We are right. What is Mario's last name? We said Mario, and that is correct. Mario, Mario. Final question. What is the name of level 12? Our answer was Snowman's Land. The correct answer, Tall, Tall Mountain. Uh, That's the one with the monkey. 
Ah, it takes your hat. Yep. Uh, the level goes all the way up a mountain. So we scored six out of ten. Okay, after 25 years. We got more than half. played it. We got more than half. So I'll take it. 60% is not bad. Yeah. You know, 60% of the time we win. All every time. time. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. So, last little question for you. Sonic versus Mario. Where do you stand? Oh, easy. Mario. Mario, for easy. sure. Yeah. Sonic may be fast, but Mario would put on some cap. I mean, whatever. Sonic's cool. And uh, appreciate Sonic. Yeah. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. Great. He's a great hedgehog. He's a good guy. Great hedgehog. The best hedgehog there is. <laughs> but Mario is, when you think video games, yeah. he's like synonymous with that. He yeah. is like the most iconic video game character Yeah, of all time. I mean, literally, early on, you said they had to create Sonic to compete with Ex Mario. Yeah, that's exactly right. They needed a, a mascot. Mm-hmm. And that that just that wherewithal of like, okay, Mario's a mascot. Mario's a mascot for Nintendo. We need to create a mascot. Even other game systems like Xbox, Master Chief would be considered mm -hmm. early on their mascot. Yeah, really. Uh, Sony, I don't know. They got a few. They got like Ratchet and Clank and yeah. uh, Nathan, Drake Nathan Drake and Drake. stuff like that. Kratos. Kratos. Uh, Metal Gear Salt. No. Uh, Snake. Uh, uh, well, yeah, but um, Twisted Metal. Twisted Metal. Oh, Sweet Tooth. Yeah. Yeah, he was Sony's for a long time. So, everybody's got their own. And it all started thing. because Mario. of Mario. Yeah, I would so, say. So, hats off to Mario, uh, whether it's metal hat, flying hat, or invisible hat. That's uh, right. Hats off to Mario. What do you all think? What's your favorite memory of Mario 64? I know a lot of our listeners played it. And still to this day, if they can, they still play it. It's Absolutely. still a go-to. Yeah. I think we should definitely, for the Patreon, get that game and have a playthrough of even just the first level. Oh, yeah. Easy. Absolutely. We, we could ace the first level, I'm pretty confident. Yeah. I know I could. We could fight King Bob-omb again. Yeah. Yeah, I got him. Throw him off the mountain Yeah. a couple times. Got him. Yeah. Actually, you can't throw him off the mountain because when you throw him off, he jumps back up. You, you have gotta to throw him off a deep you, part of the mountain. Well, you have to throw him onto the top of the mountain. Yes. You can't actually throw him off. You can't kill him. Yeah. Yeah, I've tried that. He has to keep coming back. Yeah. This has been fun. We've Great. talked Loki. We've talked Sonic. We've talked Mario. We've talked Nerd News. We've talked a lot, a lot. in this episode. A whole lot to talk about. We uh, enjoyed celebrating. Uh, speaking of Patreon, don't forget... Patreon contest is still going on. We get to 10 patrons. We're going to release an exclusive Patreon show for just the patrons. And we're going to enter those patrons into a hat and draw for a swag package. We got a lot of great things. A lot of new shirts, a lot of new hats, a lot of buttons and stickers and magnets came today. And a lot of fun 30 and nerdy swag. Uh, speaking of, I want to give a huge shout out to the amazing people uh, from Tennessee Legend Distillery, one of our sponsors. Um, they, some people there have created some, some things for us. Uh, one, uh, Mallory, actually, on a plank of wood, hand-painted a 30 and Nerdy Podcast logo, with which I'll be posting some pictures of some things uh, that they created for us. And another one, uh, Brandon, uh, created from hand, out of clay, a glasses holder. And it's our insignia. It's the and, I guess they call it ampersand. Mm -hmm. 
and the mustache. So whenever you set your glasses on it, it looks like our logo. Nifty galifty. Very nifty. So thank you guys so much for that. Um, it, it really warmed my heart that you all uh, did that for us. Uh, and they will be in the fortress uh, of Nerditude, which we will be back in. Uh, we may throughout the summer do this again. This was fun. Yeah. We had a pool day. See we how recorded by the pool. You're getting the ambiance of the chimney sweeps currently. And if we're not careful, here in about 25 to 30 minutes, usually on schedule, Bruce will be out. And that is the, not domesticated, wild bat that likes to, at night, fly around the pool and skim off the water. Yeah. Uh, so he'll be out soon. So we want to be gone when that happens because yeah, he's we... brave. He will get close. We had a cast party for leaving Iowa here Sunday and it got dark and a lot of people didn't realize that we're still in the pool. He was like barely missing their heads and like some of them could hear the <laughs> past their ears. He was getting so close to them. So he's brave. So I think we should be gone. Before he comes out, just think, out of respect. I think you want me gone, and you want to stay because you're hoping that Bruce is going to bite you, and then you're going to yes. become like a vampire. Or well, I, was, we, I was aiming for like Batman, but you know that yeah, works too. Sure, Batman. Um, which today, uh, you know, I, I, my character in the movie we did, uh, I had to wear uh, my Saint Christopher uh, medallion that I got uh, for Christmas one year. But the problem is, is after I got that. I learned that I am allergic to sterling silver. Right. And so I cannot wear it for a long period of time. And I now think that I'm allergic to silver because I've already been a creature of the night this entire time. You know. And these wild dreams that I have aren't dreams. That's what I think. Sometimes the signs are just undeniable. <laughs> they are. But hey, also, guys, don't forget to check out all of our social media accounts. Mm -hmm. uh, you can find uh, all that stuff on our website at 30andnerdypodcast.com. So make sure you check out all that stuff. We need, whenever we say 30 and Nerdy Podcast, we need the sound effect that does .com from yes. the old commercials. Yes, we do. Uh, also, a huge shout out to our brother, Rev. Uh, still killing it on the Instagram game. Uh, Rev underscore collection. That's with a three, not an E. It's R-E-V underscore C-O-L-L-3-C-T-I-O-N. Uh, give that Instagram account a follow. Uh, you will not regret it, especially if you're into pops and Pokemon and collectibles and comics and things like that. And also, also, Podchaser.com. Go to Podchaser.com. Check us out. Give a like. Uh, follow the po podcast. Follow the playlist, Pod Nation, and the Apocalypse. And the fun thing about Podchaser is you can not just rate and review whole shows, you can do individual episodes too. So that lets content creators know what episodes are liked, and, you know, we know that there are some episodes that not everybody's going to love. That's some okay. people might listen to this and be like, I hate Sonic and Mario. Why are we talking about them? Well, we hate you, <laughs> Dom. We don't. We, don't. we love it. <laughs> but seriously. But, I mean, really, <laughs> if you don't like Mario, then. But hey, if you don't like Mario and you don't like Sonic, perhaps you like Captain America. That's right. We are celebrating the 4th of July with uh, talks and celebrating also 10 years since Captain America, the first Avenger movie, came out. Which, if you decide to do a chronological watch through of the MCU, mm -hmm. you're going to start with old Captain America, the first Avenger. Absolutely. So we're so, going to yeah. handle this episode a lot like we did 
X-Men First Class. Sure. We're going to talk about the movie, the plot, uh, behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, maybe some things that we didn't know sure. initially yeah. uh, that went on behind the scenes, some unknown nerdledge, if you will. Uh, so that's what our next episode is going to be about. So get your shields out, get unthawed, and get your, your star-spangled costume on because we are celebrating the 4th of July with the greatest American in nerd culture, and that's Captain America. Yeah. So we will assemble on that next week. People, have a safe 4th yes. of July. Yes, have a safe 4th of July. Have a safe weekend. Take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. And be cool. Yeah. Because the Duke abides. <laughs> <laughs> and for the Doctor of Nerdonomics, I'm Tyler Mack. Cheers to you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast, the flagship show of Badcast Company Productions. Thirty and Nerdy Podcast is an alternate reality radio show, a member of the Legion of Independent Podcasts, and part of the Council of Nerds. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Join in on the conversation using the hashtag 30andNerdyPod. You can find us and other amazing podcasts at podchaser.com by searching The Apodalypse and PodNation. Got something to say? Email us at 30andnerdypod at gmail.com or find us at 30andnerdypodcast.com. This has been the 30andnerdypodcast. Cheers to you, nerds. Nerds.